Well, hello and welcome to the Urban Gardener podcast, where we help you turn up your gardening knowledge with tips and tricks for gardening in the city. I'm Josh Campbell, Urban Ag and Natural Resources Educator, here as always with my good friend, Julia. I'm Julia Laughlin, the Horticulture Educator for Oklahoma County. Today, we want to talk about composting um, and specifically backyard composting with the landscape debris, the leaves and things that fall on the ground in the fall. Um, I love to talk about composting in the fall because it is the, the perfect time, in my opinion, because we have the, the materials coming out of our landscape. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit about composting in the fall and, and how, to, how to get started with that and share some resources. So Julia, um, talk to us a little bit about um, what comes to mind when you think about fall composting. Well, um, because I've been, how do I say this? When I was younger, um, it would be, I'm not kidding you, Josh, I'm, I'm glad that you can't remember this, but you would go through urban neighborhoods in the fall and the leaf bags mm. lined up to go to the, Mountains it was trash ridiculous, bags. Yeah. all of that green stuff going into the landfill. And I, I don't, we have to- totally turned that corner. People are using their, I'm not saying that no one's going to send any green stuff to the landfill this fall but compared to what we used to do there's been drastic 30 or 40 yeah. or 50 or 60 even years ago i'm not that old but you know what i mean we used to be so bad and we've gotten a lot better so i think what i think is um about uh young families like you or, or at my house where most green waste is going to go out the back door into a compost pile or whatever and most lawn waste you're people are either going to shred it mow over leaves um they they may end up using it as mulch you know shredding it and mulching which is a great idea Mm -hmm. too but we're just not as bad as we used to be about everything going to the landfills yeah i think that's a good point that and i think we're i i really like that because i think so often people um you know like to harp on the the negative of we you know people do this or people do that, but there have been a lot of improvements when it comes to people's understanding yeah, of the importance of yet, diverting waste and yeah. things like that. So certainly, um, certainly a lot of people are starting to compost, but there's still a big need for people to, um, to, to think about that. Um, the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, which is a nationwide organization that, that talks about different community initiatives and, and one of those that they, they kind of research and study is composting. They say that about half of all U.S. Um, landfill waste is material that potentially could be composted. And so you think about that right. half of all the, the waste material, you think about after the ice storms and mountains of, of tree debris and yeah. all the cardboard and paper waste that we have, uh, food scraps, ab- about you know maybe 20 to 25% of all of our waste stream is wasted food. Um, hard to believe. And it. so there's there's immense opportunity. However, right. it's it's a... It's a challenge. We we produce a lot of waste in a in a household. So try to to try to think about um, composting all of that. Maybe isn't practical, but right. we can certainly um, do some things just with thinking about our landscape waste um, as a starter, and then maybe from there grow into diverting some kitchen scraps and things yeah. like that. And so yeah, um, I, it's I a good time to get started with all those dead th- leaves. The fall is, the, a, yeah. is an excellent time to get started because we are. You know, maybe doing our last mows. We have those those um, those grass clippings. Maybe we have the the leaves that we're going to be raking up, um, doing any pruning or trimming and, and cleanup of of our landscape beds. And so the fall is when we have the material to do it. Um, and so it's a great time to talk about it. Um, 
I think there's a lot of kind of confusion or maybe even fears associated with composting too. I think people think about the word composting and maybe they, they think about it from a lot of different perspectives. A lot of people um, that I talk to think of composting as just a fertilizer and, and, uh, or they say, well, I'm not a gardener, so maybe, maybe I don't, I don't need uh, to even think about composting. And so there's all these kind of different perspectives associated with composting, but um, I would encourage you, if you are a gardener, certainly you should be thinking about composting because it's such an excellent resource mm-hmm. of material to yeah. improve your soils. Or, or, you know, you could, couldn't you just almost, um, I haven't done this in a long time, but um, when I was younger, I would use the leaf vacuum and suck up all the leaves and then they would come out like ready to molt. Mm-hmm. So I just basically turned the bag upside down, suck them off the perennials and dump them back on the perennial bed yeah. or on the Chop shrub. Chop them up, mulch them up. And yeah. Then lay them yeah. into the to the bed and sometimes yeah, yeah just the just the cleanup so they're not as messy looking yeah those and it helps them biodegrade and they'll be right there uh, or they could have just gone to the compost pile i do know um people will also run over them i have never done this but run over them with their lawnmower and rake them up and put them in the compost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anything you can in my opinion anything you can do whether it be you know mulch mowing or um, taking those leaves and mowing over them composting them you know putting them straight into a compost pile anything you can do to, to recycle that back on your landscape right. is, is excellent. Right. Um, well, what if I'm a beginner composter? What would you tell me to do to start, like, in my own backyard with the fall compost? Yeah, okay. Well, I think I think a lot of people who have gotten into composting and had um, maybe not had the success that they wanted, um, it may be because they didn't do the proper research before they got into it. And, and what I mean by that is um, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of different composting methods out there you can go to the garden center and find a compost tumbler bin or you can go find all these pinterest um posts with you know different plans for building a compost um, um, bin in your backyard and so what we don't often do though maybe we, we think about and get excited about composting we don't think about things like what's practical for me and my family and so a story i like to share is the very first compost bin I built years ago in my yard was a three bin compost at the very, very back corner of my property behind a shed that I never saw. <laughs> and so how often do you think I used it? Well, yeah. not as often as I would like would. to because I would yeah. ha- I had to take a hike to Kansas to put stuff into yeah. it. And it was just wasn't in my, you know, yeah. in my normal flow. Bandwidth. And so positioning, putting it somewhere where you're going to easily be able to access it. And then you think about other factors like, know, do you have accessibility or, or mobility issues if you're if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of upper body strength and how you're you trying to how are you gonna turn a pile yeah. or turn a tumbler? And so yeah. matching yourself to the right method. And so one of the things actually I teach a composting class here at OSU, a six week composting class. One of the first things that we do with the class is that I have the participants take an online composting quiz. You can find several different ones online, so you can do a Google search. There's a fun one from the city of Saskatchewan, Canada. So if you Google compost quiz Canada, it'll be one of the first ones that comes up and it'll just ask you a series of questions and I call it a compost dating site. It's like a, it's like <laughs> a dating, you know, dating game to match you with your perfect composting. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so it'll ask you like, you know, how big is your yard? How much time do you have? Or how many hours yeah. a week do you work? It'll how ask you. green waste you make? Yeah. And it'll just kind of use those, those responses to match you with a composting method that it, it thinks will be best that for you. That sounds fun. Everyone should fun do that activity. today. Yeah. It's <laughs> a fun activity. And when we take the class, it's fun to discuss that as a class. And 
we find that um, even with, you know, a group of 15, 20, 30 people, there's, there's dozens of different recommendations that it gives. And so I like that. It's a, that's a good place to start if you're composting from the very, very outset. The other thing I would say is um, temper your expectations too. I think so many people think that composting happens extremely quickly. Yeah. And it can happen quickly yeah. if you do everything exactly right. If you do everything <laughs> exactly yeah. right and you put a lot of time and energy yeah. and effort and Making inputs into it. Making those pieces small and stuff, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into it. If you want to be a good composter, you can be a lazy composter, but you have to give yourself time. Right. And so you're not going to put a bunch of stuff out into a pile in your backyard and yeah. then turn around a week later and boop, it's the most beautiful black gold. It's yeah. not going to happen. It takes months or even years to get there. Um, and so I think tempering your expectations in terms of time is important as well. I remember I made mine when I lived in college. I lived on a little farm and I just made a chicken wire circle, you know, and I lived on this little farmhouse. So all the kitchen waste went in it. And I remember an older mentor of mine, he wasn't that much older. He was in grad school. I was an undergrad. And he said, um, you know, I can't, I, I wasn't very, it wasn't going fast, you know, everything, all the carbon was just sitting there. He goes, he goes, well, you know that you need to add nitrogen. I was like, oh, I am adding nitrogen. It's green, whatever. But he's, but I had never at that point, there wasn't, there might've been a fact too, but I certainly never had read it. If we covered it in my class in college, I don't, I didn't pay enough attention to get my nitrogen level up there. So what yeah. we want is nitrogen and carbon in a pretty high carbon ratio but we got to have enough nitrogen to yeah. meet that carbon breakdown need, right? Yeah. No, that's an excellent point. So when I teach composting classes, I say that there are four factors to successful composting. And if you can um, keep those four factors in mind and kind of balance those, those four things, you'll be successful at composting. And the first thing that I talk about is that carbon, carbon nitrogen. to nitrogen ratio. Right. And what, what that means, it's a little bit confusing and maybe – um, hard to understand what we're talking about when we say carbon to nitrogen ratio, but what we're talking about is the um, the ratio of the amount of carbon in the material to the amount of nitrogen in the material. All plant material, all organic waste material has some carbon and some nitrogen, right. but the drier, the more um, the more aged or like brown it is. dry grass clippings. Exactly. Brown, it's gonna yeah. The drier, the browner it is, the, the more carbon right. it's going to provide. And the greener. The greener, the more nitrogen. Gotcha. And yeah. so when we think about a successful compost pile, we not only need that stuff layered throughout, uh, yep. you know, in, in the volume of that pile, but we need the right ratio of greens to browns. And typically we want about three to one by, um, by volume carbon to nitrogen. So yeah. the easiest way for me to... To describe that would be in cake layers, kind of. Yeah, like in cake yeah. layers, and then if, if for every hand, you know, if I'm going to talk in small quantities, for every one handful of food scraps, yeah, green. from my kitchen, I'm yeah. going to need three handfuls of wood chips or leaves or something, something brown. Yeah, or you can think about it in wheelbarrow loads or shovels, three to one. Yeah. Um. So th three parts, three shovels of of. Dry chips, brown, dry brown yep. material to one shovel of of, of wet food green. Or if you can maintain that green, ratio, yeah. three to one, you'll be in with a some good spot with there. some good moisture. So the other factors we talked about carbon to nitrogen. Carbon nitrogen. The other factors moist. would be particle size. Particle small, small, so small, smaller, smaller better. the better. I need right? that one. Yep. So if you have, you know, if you have wood pieces that are one, two, right. three inch in diameter, it's going to take a long time yeah. for those to break down. So running things through a, shed, a shredder, if possible. Uh, we have one here at our extension office, but you can find a little uh, electric 
powered shredder that'll yeah. shred a two or three inch yeah. diameter piece of wood for like 150 bucks They're online. Plug them in, yeah. run a limb through it, and that is going to speed up the the speed of mm-hmm. composting dramatically. Yep. Um, the other thing, so we talked about carbon nitrogen, we talked about particle size, um, and then moisture. Moisture, moisture yep. is. I super always forget important. to wet my compost pile too. I have to like, you know, I wet everything, but I forget to put water on there. Yep, and yeah. so a, a good compost pile, you don't want it to be completely saturated necessarily where it's just got water logging, but you certainly want it to feel damp. Think of like, think of the forest floor, right? Right. That organic matter rotting and decaying. Yeah. You want it to feel like um, there's, you know, just a little bit of dampness there. When you touch it, it should feel damp right. and moist. And so you've got to maintain that. We think about the middle of the summer if you're trying to compost yeah. and we've hot had and dry. hot, dry, bone dry temperatures. Yeah, your pile you've just stalls out. Uh, in fact, I make it a habit in the, the compost bin areas in my vegetable garden area of just when I'm hand watering some of the vegetable garden areas, I go out and I give the Water compost the pile time. a drink. Yeah, makes um, sense. So, you know, once once every week to two weeks, you should give your compost pile a good drink in really dry temperatures if you're trying to maintain that, that Keep it going. Compost. Otherwise, it just sits. Yeah. Exactly. What's the fourth thing? So the fourth thing, we talked about carbon and nitrogen. Guess. Oxygen? Yes. <gasps> <Yay>! Yes. See, <laughs> you're a composter. Carbon to nitrogen. You got to turn it, right? We talked about the particle size. Nice. We talked about Moisture. the water and then oxygen. Got to turn it, and right? We, you've got to turn it or introduce oxygen in some yeah, way. Somewhere. And this is the most important factor for compost speed. So when you think about composting quickly, the more frequently we're introducing oxygen, the more f- the more um, we're going to keep that compost breakdown happening. Yeah. And so there's different ways you can do that. In a small scale, the most practical way is just to disturb it. Take right. a shovel, a little pitchfork, yep. turn it You know, once every week or if two weeks. If you have weeks. a tumbler, tumble in it. If you've got a tumbler, tumble you're spinning it. it. Yep. Um, if you've got a really, really large pile, let's say we're talking on a you know a small acreage or something, maybe you're turning it with a, a little tractor bucket yep. or That's something like that. That's what we like did that. on the farm when I ran the farm. Um, yeah. And then if, if, you c- if you don't have the, the physical ability to turn it or your pile is just too big, there's things you can think of like – just the way you place it, making sure open the sides of the bin are open and, uh, and airflow is allowed to go right. through. Um, and then there are people who have even rigged up methods of, of actually forcing air through. So yep, um, you can you can actually put up little um, like PVC pipe through the pile with some holes in it and then blow yeah. blow air through it. I've, I've got one final question. I don't think it was one of your four lists, but I know it's yeah. it's not maybe not has to be there but i always get that question about how do i get the microbes in okay and isn't it pretty easy you don't have to go buy that expensive stuff well you so you can can buy inoculants and things if you want to and that that will certainly introduce some some microorganisms but a lot of times if you are maintaining the right ratio of carbon to nitrogen material you're keeping it moist they'll come now what i what i would like to uh, encourage people to do is maybe when you're starting a compost pile, take a um, a shovel full or you know a small bucket full of some healthy soil from somewhere else or yeah. some compost that you've purchased yeah. or something, yeah. and use that as a way to kind of inoculate and yeah. kind of get it going. And so that can help speed yeah. things up. But if you've got the right um, conditions, you've got those four things. You got balance. rot going on. If you rot goes rot. on, they'll come. Yep. Yeah, like have you ever thrown something out in the garden, like a tomato plant or a rotten tomato, and you pick it up and there's an earthworm, and you're like, yep. where did you come from? Yep. Must have got a message from the air yep. or something. There's, there's a rotting tomato over here. Yeah. They have a way of showing up on yeah. their own if, yeah. if the conditions are right. Um, 
So certainly you can do things to introduce and inoculate and things like that, but you don't have to go okay, to that cool. expense if you don't want to. It's easier um, than it sounds then. And is. then our fact sheet's fabulous. We have think? a number of fact sheets. So we have one just this backyard composting in Oklahoma. It kind of goes over some of the different methods. Um, and I would say that would be the place to yeah. start, backyard composting in Oklahoma. Um, really detailed and kind of gives you some some of the basic things that you need to know to jump in for the very first time with composting. If you want to learn even more, and then you can look at some of the other ones. There's a really good one on vermicomposting. Maybe you live yeah. in an apartment Worms, and yeah. you don't have a backyard and you want to compost. Yeah. Um, composting in a little indoor bin can be something. Who doesn't want pet worms? Yeah. Some, <laughs> some, some people enjoy having <laughs> worms uh, under their desk. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's so great. That's helpful. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun with composting, and, and we what we haven't really talked about, maybe we can talk about in a future episode or some of the benefits of composting, but oh, yeah. it, it makes for just an excellent source of material to um, to improve your soil conditions soil over time. Additive, yeah. And, you know, when we're thinking about starting, uh, you know, a raised bed at the beginning of spring garden season or fall garden season, just a little, a little layer of compost goes a long way in helping, um, you know, you get the results you want from a garden. Um, so I encourage you to check out the different compost fact sheets that we have. We'll link some of those in the show notes. And if you haven't tried composting before, give it a try. Try try composting this fall. Um, holler at us if we can help you um, get into that. We'd be glad to visit with you on that. And then maybe you've tried composting before and not had the results you'd like. I think you need to t- try the, the compost dating site and, uh, yeah. and, and get matched <laughs> with the right composting method for you. Um, so thank you for listening to the Urban Gardener podcast, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.